Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We are watching a host of things as we continue to monitor what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, as we speak, the White House press briefing is taking place with Jen Psaki. She is uh, updating on uh, what is going on and what where the U.S. stands in all of that. So we'll continue to monitor uh, any reaction or any insight that comes from the White House press briefing. We know that the Pentagon has already had their briefing for the day. And it's really interesting to me as you, you look at that uh, and look at where we are. Uh, in many ways, what I saw over the weekend was the United States leading from the middle, uh, and sometimes from the back. And not to say that that's a bad thing. Uh, there are times to do that. Uh, but it was a little interesting to me that uh, the pace and the speed, normally uh, the European Union in particular, you know, moves uh, slower than the United States Senate. I mean, it is slow. And they moved very rapidly. I think that caught the White House flat-footed on uh, some of these additional sanctions, uh, especially around the SWIFT system in terms of how that money moves around and so I think that was an interesting thing. And, and again, the White House, I think, was a little flat-footed uh, in terms of that. We didn't hear at all from President Biden over the weekend. And I don't think the president needs to do play-by-play or color commentary on what's going on in Ukraine. But I do think it is an important symbol, and I think it is significant, that the president needs to continue, even if it's short statements, quick uh Things we we were just talking about uh, President Zelensky and his ability to deliver a message in a way that was quick and powerful and was timely. Timing is everything on on all of this, and and so it was curious to me that that President Biden didn't say anything at all over the weekend. And what message does that send to our allies, our partners? Again, many of whom uh, have been questioning the reliability of the United States coming out of Afghanistan. We're trying to build that back up in terms of confidence and trust. And as we look at uh, all of the things that are taking place, uh, one that uh, I've got my eye on that I think we need to watch really close uh, is what's happening in terms of the refugees. The United Nations has confirmed that over 500,000 refugees have fled Ukraine uh, to neighboring nations, including Poland, is uh, one of the big stops there. And that is is one that we're going to have to continue to watch. I don't know that all of those neighboring countries are fully ready to handle such an influx uh, of refugees. And what are some of the things that uh, should be done there? Where can the United Nations help there? Where can the U.S. help? Uh, in terms of that, I was talking earlier today and looking at some of those Ukrainians that are in the U.S. and are dealing with all kinds of different uh, visa and and uh, passport issues. And I think there's a, a really interesting solution there in terms of just giving uh, any of those Ukrainians in the U.S., just give them that temporary protected status. TPS is what they call that. 
Uh, I think that's a very easy thing to just alleviate some stress and some uncertainty for those who may not know where their families are. Uh, Obviously, the embassies uh, are on the move uh, and uh, not doing their regular work. So I think there's a few things that can be done that way in terms of uh, what comes next, especially with these, these refugees. This will be a refugee crisis uh, the longer this goes. And so that's an important thing that we've got to keep our eye on. Of course, we're, we're watching the Russian military and their inability uh, to move through what many thought would be uh, an easy march into the capital of Kiev uh, and taking that over, decapitating the, the government, uh, putting someone in power, a puppet regime to answer to Vladimir Putin. And they've been unsuccessful in that as we roll into day five uh, of this conflict. And that raises all kinds of questions, and it creates all kinds of problems in terms of negotiating the peace. Uh, part of that challenge to negotiate the peace is the fact that Vladimir Putin uh, has nothing really to to say, hey, we were winning. Uh, he's not. Now, why he has a, while he has a far superior force, he has way more people and soldiers and ammunition and tanks and everything else. Uh, that advantage has not produced the commensurate results. And so then everyone's got to be asking, well, what's what's going on there? How is it that these ragtag forces of Ukrainians, uh, including citizens, are causing so much trouble to the Russian army and to their forces? And is it just that they're inspired by a better cause? Uh, Is it that the Russian troops really aren't that well-trained? Is it that their heart isn't in it? Uh, One expert described what they were doing as uh, the Russian army was invading their grandmother's house. Uh, That it shouldn't have been that hard, but there's sort of a feeling of, I don't know if I want to invade grandma uh, and her neighbors. And so there are some some interesting underlying elements there that we're keeping our eye on uh, as we move through all of this. Uh, there's the diplomatic front, of course, and we're actually going to address this uh, coming up at the top of the hour. Miles Hansen, who knows his way around the negotiation table and, and what those diplomats have to do, uh, he's going to join us at 2.05 to uh, to break that down. What was it like in the room? Five hours of uh, conversations between Russia and Ukraine today. Uh, no progress uh, other than they have agreed to meet again. And, and that is important. That's significant. I think one of the things we're always looking for is what are the, what are the off ramps? What are the ways to de-escalate? And as long as those conversations are happening, then that's that's a hopeful thing, and a hopeful moment. We're going to talk a little bit more in the in the two o'clock hour about the things that Vladimir Putin fears the most, uh, and they are not what you think they are. But we're going to break that down coming up at two fifty as well. Uh, and that's one you don't want to miss uh, because I, I think it's the underlying element in terms of what is driving Vladimir Putin and what could possibly uh, come up next as uh, we break all of that down. Of course, in the uh, in the backdrop of all of that, uh, as we just broke down, President Biden will deliver the State of the Union address tomorrow, his first State of the Union. Remember, the first speech that a president gives after being inaugurated is just a speech to a joint session of Congress. Not sure why they make that such a big deal about that, Uh, but he will be speaking uh, in front of a joint session of Congress uh, and to the American people. And I think he has a a real tall order. Uh, Some of you will recall that for the last two and a half decades, probably a little more, 
Uh, I have written a State of the Union every year, uh, not of what I think a, a president would say or could say or should say, but it's just you know one guy with an opinion uh, on what the State of the Union is. And so I'll uh, share that with you tomorrow. So hang out with us uh, tomorrow on Inside Sources. You'll get uh, kind of a, a, a pre-State of the Union State of the Union address and give you something to think about as we roll into that with President Biden in what I think is a very, very important speech for the president. Yeah, he is uh, in the middle of some challenging moments in terms of his agenda. And will he be able to convince the American people that his agenda is on the right track and that he should be rewarded uh, in congressional races and Senate races to keep Democrats in control of both the House and the Senate? I think the House will be very difficult for President Biden to hold on to and the Democrats. The Senate, of course, we're 50-50 at the moment, and, and that one will be a bit of a coin toss, I think, by the time we get uh, into November of this year. And so the president has a tall order. He, I think he needs to be very honest with the American people. I think he needs to be straight up on what's gone right, what's gone wrong, what needs to be done better. But I think above all, what the president really has to do is invite the American people to be part of something. It is what President Zelensky has done, not just with his own people, but with the people of the world. Uh, He's rallied them to a cause and to a set of principles like, do you really believe this? Then come join us and prove it uh, with military might, with all the resources you can. Uh, And I think that's what President Biden has to do tomorrow. He's got to call the American people to do something. All right, stay with us. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources. Much more to come after top of the hour news on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.